solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum bum ba bum 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 bum. Hi, I'm Alex. I'm Molly. Oh, is that not how we start? Oh, welcome to another episode. <laughs> Let's just keep that. No. <laughs> welcome to another episode. I'm Alex. I'm Molly. And this, this is how to watch. What did we say on our first episode? Did we say welcome to this episode that is our first episode? Our first episode was a lot of firsts and we did what we could. <laughs> I'm really interested. You listened yeah. to it more recently than I have. Yeah, but I still like, I, I feel like every time I listen to it, I block it out. Like I have no memory of that first episode. Well, this is a first episode of cursed child help y'all I had to get a drink (laughs) after reading the scenes prepped for this chapter I was saying to Alex I have never written why so many times in my notes it's just why why is a great one is that your chapter title (laughs) your section title I didn't do a chapter title. I didn't do any of that because we we haven't come up with rules or anything. So, but I'm just trying to make it through y'all because it is, there's a lot going on. There's a lot happening. My, my least favorite part of it, of all of Cursed Child happened in this first section, which I didn't think was going to happen in this first section. So I was already like extra grumpy poo about that. I have like three notes where I'm like, okay, I liked this one like line. Yeah, I do have many notes. I was like, I think this is the most times I've ever like singled out parts of a Harry Potter chapter that we've been reading and been like, well, this was good because it felt like it needed to be isolated from the rest. I wouldn't say I have many of those, but I have like three. <laughs> yeah, I have three out of the eight total scenes that we read in prep for today so to let everyone know what we're planning on doing for cursed child is we're doing today we're doing act one scenes one through eight and then we're going to do the second half of act one next time and then split up each act like that for each part because this is part one act one scenes one through eight (laughs) not confusing at all no 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 um which now I know that the play has been changed and it's like one play now but when we saw it it was two separate plays I like I I can't reiterate enough how much I liked seeing it in person even it's weird to play structure like I have notes on particular one scene in particular but there were also other places that could have used some cutting but I was like I I was like I absolutely know that this was cut when they combined it into two because it makes no sense for it to be there (laughs) um yeah I mean I the only thing I thought was weird is that you had to buy the tickets separately and so like some people only saw one part yeah that is very weird very odd or like they saw one part one month and then like three months later they saw part two no so confusing absolutely not um yeah but um I am excited to talk about it but like 
with the heavy, heavy disclaimer that we're not going to be super kind during this read through. Yeah. In fact, I would say this is probably going to be our most critical um, look at something. Now, I am, even though I'm going into it knowing how I feel about it, I did try and have like... I tried to go in open. Yeah, I went into it open. And so, like I said, there are parts that I compliment and that I like, and there are just other parts that I have questions about. And then there are parts that I fully like fresh and open, just, just do not like. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So if you're interested in that, we really would love you to come along on this journey with us. But if not, um, maybe skip our cursed child episodes (laughs) yeah I mean I would like to hear a defense but I feel like I'm not gonna ever agree with it (laughs) I know I do I would love to hear um defense and I would love to hear um because we're also gonna we've really obviously just freshly read all of the whole series um so we're gonna have a lot of things to say in terms of like characters and plot that we just don't think are what JK Rowling referred to as canon but um or she who must not be named referred to as canon but um so um from that perspective too I would love to hear the lens from someone who has more space from the original series and you're like I just liked Cursed Child because I thought it was a fun sequel you know so please message us we always like to hear from you we'll talk about it on the podcast so on so forth um you know if you're new to us and you've just started listening for cursed child specifically hello welcome Welcome. please certainly you write in because I want to know what that journey was like (laughs) um and um don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes even if you don't like it. <laughs> um, kind of on that note of like being so close to the text right now, I would love to be like hating more on JK Rowling and be like, you suck and this sucks. But this is so clearly not written by her, even though she has authorship on it. Like, I don't, I didn't know how else to word this, but in one of my notes, I said, this was written by a muggle. <laughs> But truly, yes. So, uh, yes, all of this aside, this reading her child does make me more complimentary of She Who Must Not Be Named because it's, yeah, like, I, I felt this way as soon as I read it the first time yeah. and I still feel this way now. Like, she gave a stamp of approval, but she did not write this play. It doesn't sound like her. The characters don't sound like her and the characters don't behave like themselves so it clearly was not written by jk rowling like even her post hogwarts stuff that she comes out with that she actually authors like right. on potter watch they still have her voice potter more <laughs> what did i say potter watch <laughs> potter watch just rolls off the tongue potter more um or it's not potter more anymore it's like whatever wizarding passport whatever it is now i don't know we know it as Pottermore. I didn't even know it had a different name. Yeah, they changed it all when the Harry Potter game came out. They, like, made it its own thing and combined it with that. Yeah. And now it, yeah, it's very weird. Um. Yeah, I just, I feel like we're not in a wizarding 
universe. We're not in the universe that she created. Like, this is a play about people that know that they're in a play about Harry Potter. And I hate that. Like, I think that's my overall criticism of it. It's like very self-aware. Like the characters are so self-aware and like, I don't know. It's just like not, they're not in it. Yes. They're, They're performing. And as somebody who like, I mean, Molly knows theater really well. She did theater growing up her whole life. You know, like I know theater very well. I studied it in college. Like I would forgive a lot of things because I think a lot of people who defend Cursed Child are like, oh, it's because it's in a play format. Like I would defend a lot of things if it was a well-written play. Let me tell you, it is not. It is a terribly written play. The scenes are too short. We change, it's just, it's, it's a badly written play separately from it's a badly written Harry Potter play. So saying that it's a play as a defense for it being (laughs) not good is not helpful because it's not. I've fallen in love with plays by just reading them, never having seen a adaptation of it. Same. Like, (laughs) So I have a, I feel like I have a more critical eye going into Cursed Child because I do know, like half of these um, scenes don't have theatrical conflict. To that, I say, why would you make that a separate scene? Or some editor needed to be like, then that scene doesn't belong in your play. Yeah, like the, if you haven't read Cursed Child or seen it, one, the one actually good note, I, one of the good notes I gave it, it's later on, is that this is a very fast-paced play, and I really like that about it. And part of that is, I think, by this weird structure, like, the scenes are super short, and they move on really fast. And, like, that actually doesn't bother me as much, but I do think there's, like, stuff in there that we don't need, like, scene eight, for instance. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, we've been talking around it, but scene eight is a, a shit pile of nothing that doesn't belong. That's there. why when you said I haven't read it, scene eight, I was like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it's yeah, not- I, And then I looked at it, and I was like, oh, it's another two-page scene. I'll just read it really quick. But, um, but the, but the sh- short scenes in plays don't, bother me as long as they're saying something like they need to like still like each scene should have like a shift or a change or a trigger and heat for something that's happening within the play I think that and, these, and these scenes don't do that not all of them some of them do there's one very well written scene <laughs> in what we just like read and I was like oh thank god someone learned how to write a scene with conflict the, the reason I don't think it bothers me for this play in particular, having seen it, was seeing it play out where it's, like, it's swirling. Like, mm-hmm. you're in the pensive, actually, almost, like, from the beginning of the yeah. play. And part of that is because, like, the scenes are more, like, setting changes. Mm-hmm. And so they're not plot-driven scenes, I guess. And it makes sense watching it. It doesn't make as much sense reading it, I think. Right. I, mean, I will say, not- yeah. I did love the seeing it visually. I think the scene changes actually been really helped to like raise the stakes and they're really beautifully choreographed and done and very theatrical. So that does sort of save it for me. But I still think that it would have been better if also the language in the scenes were doing what they're supposed to be doing in a play. You know, like I think 
the scene, the way it's written does work. I'm not saying I need it to be longer or not as fast paced. I just, I- Like why even have the scene break, just write that change into the play. Right, exactly. Or just, or mainly what we've just been saying. And maybe the combined play is doing this and they are taking this, which is my overall note, is that if your scene doesn't have conflict, then- or not doing anything for the play it doesn't deserve to be in play I would I would definitely go back and see it the the newer version of it yeah I I would be fascinated to see what it's what it's doing but shall we go in scene by scene yeah let's do it King's Cross King's Cross so um (laughs) I said so far so good (laughs) I was like, why did you change stuff? Like, this was the only canon that we have from the whole series. And you changed, like, small stuff. Like, not really that big of a deal. But I'm like, but then just leave it exactly how it was written originally. It's so stupid. This scene and in scene eight, it bothers me so much in scene eight more so than this one the only reason I let scene eight go is because it's a dream I'm like okay maybe we're misremembering but this is like literally the same exact scene and to that I say this bitch said um nobody gets to argue with me this is canon how are you gonna say it's canon <laughs> when the things don't even happen in sequence yeah, Arnie has on the platform yet, and they're having does not exist in this universe. What? Like, huh? What? what like, Teddy Lupin does not exist in this. Oh yeah, universe. is he mentioned like, at all? I don't know. I I was interested about that. I have a note to like keep track of it, but like you can't be Probably like this not. is canon and then completely remove like a crucial character to the Potter family. Like I don't. I don't I think for you and for all of fan fiction yes for this play I think it would have been fine I guess if they had written out that character no I don't want Teddy to be in the play like I don't yeah. need him to like be at the house or whatever I just think they should like, why mention- even bother dropping the line right then just mention him You know, because for me, all of this stems on the fact that this was so heavily promoted and like, honestly, like we got slapped on the wrist for being like, it's not canon. And I'm like, well, it's not. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I um, like I said, it's not like big changes like they're they're starting out in a different place. They have added Ron doing a dumb muggle thing of I got your nose. I'm like, if. If she had written this, she who must not be named, she would have had him do something with his wand because he's a fucking wizard and actually done like a magic thing that is goofy and fun for a dad who is a wizard to do. Like none of the adults act like wizards. Correct. I legitimately had to reread that section because I was like, wait, does he remove her nose? That's what I thought. I was like, that's kind of funny because I thought kind of like a Tonks. Like, yeah, yeah. I thought he like physically removed her nose. And then I was like, nope, it's still that dumb joke that I do. Muggles. Sorry. Muggle. I mean, I don't want to call us out like that, but like. Yeah, but that's fine for this instance. Like muggle behavior, Ron. 
like I I just got so heated and I'm, I'm like shy to how heated I got with, my, with this but like that is something that ha- has bothered me so much in just these first couple of chapters is like the lack of magic of adults and and maybe they're like well it's a play we have to be able to do whatever magic which we did see them do cool magic but like I don't I don't know like for like they didn't need to add this part in I guess is maybe the point then I also think this this could be like easy magic like it could even be a joke about how Ron is obsessed with like muggle magic like he brings out like a uh, what's behind your ear coin something something give me something I wouldn't like that because like that's something from our world that's not something in their world I don't know I think I could see that be with Arthur like being obsessed with muggle magic but it like and then like the coin turns into something else like there's a puff of smoke or something yeah. I can do the turn it on your head do silly. a puff yeah you can do that on stage a puff of something literally anything yeah it was dumb I do like favorite Uncle Ron. I thought that was really cute. Yeah, I like his interaction with Lily. It's just like... Yeah, I just... Yeah, the thing was emblematic dumb. Emblematic of a bigger problem. And I have this... I have this a lot. I think a lot of the adult cast are so tropey. Like, they didn't write the characters from Harry Potter. They just wrote, like, archetypes of parents and adults. And then just, like shoehorned them into these Harry Potter characters that's kind of what I mean by like the play is self-aware that it's a play it's like you're playing these characters from this book that we all know but I also don't even think they are those characters like I don't think any of the adult cast is their character like I don't think Ginny Weasley is having like a it's like cutting sugar from her kids diets oh like I have some thoughts when we get to that. I don't think, I don't think that, um, that, uh, what do you call it? Um, I don't think Ginny is like nervously leaning over to Harry and being like, do you think he's going to be okay? Like, they're just like, they're just archetypes. Like she, Ginny is a mom archetype. Harry is like working dad archetype. Ron is goofy, lazy dad archetype. And Hermione is like, annoying life workaholic archetype like there's that note about when Hermione's like teasing Ron which I think is fine I don't think it goes too far when she's like she's like oh yeah some would say it's blah 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 blah. I would just say it's blah blah blah. you know what I'm saying or and she uses sarcasm and sarcasm just like isn't a Hermione thing she's a very fact-based person like she doesn't use sarcasm Right. And it and it annoyed me because I was like, yes, this scene makes sense for a relationship of goofy, goofy dad and stern mom. Like that archetype works for other things. It's a trope for a reason, but it doesn't work with these characters because she who must not be named wrote like unique, interesting characters. So like, I don't think we've ever heard Hermione like really use sarcasm. And if we did, she would like say a self-deprecating joke about it. Like I it just, it, that really, all of the yeah. adults really bother me because 
we especially know them so well we know them so well and I read them in fan fiction as adults a lot so like I've heard I've seen a lot of people do a lot of versions of who these people could be as an as adults and it just felt so lazy to me that they were reduced to these stereotypes when there were so many different complex ways that we could have portrayed them um also some of the stage notes are insane like I know again to criticize like how a play is written have you ever read a play where one of the stage notes is his hand is empty it's a lame trick everyone enjoys its lameness like what is that it's dumb now I give this that's one of the things that doesn't doesn't bother me because this play is clearly written to be read like the Harry Potter book so like that one doesn't really bother me because I I do understand that they're trying to write it in a way that'll be interesting to read because a lot of the day access to the play especially when it was only in London so that didn't really bother me I do think some of them are dumb (laughs) like even with that in mind that's a good point. I forgot that, like, obviously we're reading it. Like, it was intended to be a book, kind of. But I feel like they also can't have it both ways. Like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'll give it to you. It was intended to be read. But other times I'm like, if it was intended to be read, it's bad. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple of them bother me. Like, on the next page, it's like Harry saying about, like, Slytherin. He's like, this is something he never said before. And then, I mean, then the stage is it resonates around his head a moment, like, fine. But, like, I just, I'm like, okay, like, why did we have to say he's never thought this thought before? Like, yeah, it's, first of all, it's dumb. Two, it's unrealistic. Like, you don't think Harry in his 40 years of life never told his wife, his friends that he chose. No, I, I actually do believe that he's never said it. I just don't need to be told that he's never said it. Yeah. Um, um, I think my last <laughs> um, big note. <laughs> oh, sorry. First of all, earlier when Lily is like, I don't, maybe they're not going to come. I was a little mean to Lily. I said, um, Lily, uh, you idiot. They have to come. Rose is going to Hogwarts. That's so mean, you idiot. She's eight. She's not three. Like, where is her, like, is she dumb? (laughs) She's worried, Alex. (laughs) Maybe they're not going to come. Sorry. Oh my god, this is not where I thought anger was going to be pointed today. No, 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 I'm kidding. I just think sometimes, like, that's an example of something that should have just been cut. Like, why? why An added line. She says something similar, but it's different in the book. Yeah, it's not necessary. That added, they're not, like, why would they add that in? It's so dumb. Like, I know we're kind of harping on it, but, like, that part of the book reads almost like a play it's mostly dialogue like you just need to change it it's truly like you read you go into cursed child and you read this first scene and it's the scene that they could have 
gotten perfect. Like you were saying, like we could have started off on a high. Everybody loves the epilogue except for the name things, you know, like, well, I guess that's not true. A lot of people don't like the epilogue, but if you were going to read Cursed Child, I'm assuming you like the epilogue. Like, you know, it's just an extension of the epilogue. It's starting with the epilogue. You just start with the epilogue. Right. So I don't understand. Like that's, it's a bad way to begin. (laughs) like we already are we're already beefing because you couldn't even do the one job like you had it all laid out for you it's fine um I also think Rose is too do we think she's too OP as a character like over like overpowered in D&D or like in a video game like a character that is overpowered because Ron's like oh she doesn't know if she wants to be Quidditch captain or like head of class or whatever or do we think that's a realistic thing for her to be um, I think it's realistic that she would be ambitious towards all of those things. I think she's just a bitch. <laughs> Fucking hate Rose. Also, and this is a separate thought from me hating her because she's the worst, is this is the most Slytherin character I've ever read since, like, Draco Malfoy. Yeah. Like, every, like I can analyze every single one of her interactions and not come up with any other house but Slytherin. She's only motivated by... Ambition. Um, they even say ambition. she's very ambitious. She's only motivated by ambition and raising her social standing. And she's sneaky. Yeah, like, I, I also am, like, trying to figure out, like, where these traits came from for her like are you pairing like Hermione wanting to like kind of being a know-it-all with like Ron kind of being a dick all the time like I guess that's how you get Rose but like I don't believe that they would raise somebody like this but then it does go back to that moment in the epilogue where Ron is like planting those seeds about Scorpius and being like don't get too close like yeah takes it to another level that yeah she's just mean but she also doesn't say it like a Gryffindor because even like James and them they were mean Gryffindors but the way she behaves like she doesn't say oh my dad warned me against you like you're a bad person and I don't want to be associated with you she says you'll hurt my reputation we have to find friends that will um make us popular because we are popular everyone will want to be our friend that is what she said yeah um are you talking about young James or like sorry young I'm talking about young James but even this James is like an asshole but like a Gryffindor wait so which James were you talking about sorry young James from the original series I was talking him old James that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. I'm so sorry. Like, wait, I, was talking, I was talking OG James, but okay. even this James is proves the example too. Like he is an asshole, but an asshole like a Gryffindor is an asshole. Yeah, I agree. Let's call this one James Jr. James Jr. That makes the most sense. All right. Um. Also, another like weird line that was like added in was when Harry's like, What's wrong with being in Slytherin? And Albus goes, Slytherin is the house of the snake and of dark magic. Like, it was just a weird, like, no one says that. Like, okay, so has a snake. Some of these lines, I was like, did this have an editor at all? Like, this is just 
badly written. <laughs> like some parts are like, what? Do human beings speak like this? No. Like, I have stopped trying to get inside the head of J.K. Rowling, but I, I am very, I am wondering a lot about like, did she yeah. make this play to be made? And if so, she clearly doesn't care about it. She must only want the money or she didn't really want to do this. And so she just put her stamp of approval on and was like, I don't really care. Go for it. But the opening thing is so like her, I, we just need to unpack this for a second. Cause I, I know we're not trying to get in the head of JK Rowling, but it doesn't make sense to me. Because even if she didn't write it, it feels like she she supported it and liked it. To Jack Thorne, who entered my world and did beautiful things there, is her, like, beginning acknowledgement for the play. Yeah, I don't... I just don't understand it. And I've never understood it because... And it makes me... Uh, so mad. <laughs> so mad. Like because I it's like, how did Jack Thorne get this opportunity to extend the Harry Potter universe and do such a shit job? <laughs> it like actually pisses me off. I need to. I'm gonna take another sip of my truly, and then we can move on. Com. I will say, I still stand and love Scorpius. What a are story. you on the Hogwarts Express now? I sure am. I'm in scene three. I'm just about to meet Scorp. Yeah, we just got to meet the trolley witch, which will apparently come back later. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that wasn't in this first section. We had way too much to unpack. Like, I couldn't handle having to deal with the trolley no. witch as well. Just a tease. Just a We tease. gotta take it in small increments. Honestly, if I had gotten to the trolley witch, I would have had to be like, Molly, we have to save it for another day. There's too much to discuss. Um... I do think it's kind of funny. I'm like right before we get to Scorpius that like kind of what we were talking about, like with Rose and being like, you know, we're, I'm a Granger Weasley and you're a Potter. And like, like it, it, it would be something that they would have to grapple with as students. The fact that they're like famous yeah. um, and like knowing how famous you are, whereas like Harry was super famous going to school, but like didn't know it. And so that is kind of like interesting and like better than them not acting like they are famous, but I just don't love the execution, I guess. No, I love, I really, I agree completely. I really like this whole weight of that. And I honestly think Albus has a really nuanced experience. Like Albus is also a dick, but I think with all of your teen hormones and everything, I really understand what Albus is going through in terms like I, I, I can see why Albus behaves the way he behaves, even if I don't agree with his behavior. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think he is a well-written character up until this point. I see his motivation. I see where he's at. I think Jack Thorne is helped when he doesn't have characters that are previously written because again, he can just write an archetype. Like Albus is like a moody, angsty teenager right. who like nobody understands. Like he's, you know. I'm not ready to like throw out a compliment yet to Jack Thorne, but I do agree that I understand why he's the way he is in some ways. 
Right. Like I, I have a note about it specifically later that leads to a compliment and then is swiftly taken away by a, um, <laughs> perfect. But yeah, um, that's Scorpius who is like so precious. The, the most precious being that ever did being the honestly, like a little gem of light that came out of this little shit show. Um, but Scorpius, uh, <laughs> it's just me. It's just me. The singing. <laughs> I'm not even there yet, but yes. I just said, oh yes, now I am. I just said, this is all too cute for me. And I love, I actually, and I can't tell if I'm going to give Jack too much credit for this, but I really love that Scorpius is the Harry character. Yeah. I think that's so sweet that he's like, oh, I'm not anybody. I'm just Harry. Like, it's just me. I'm Scorpius. And then, and then he later, well, I guess, yeah. And then, well, never mind. Oh, right. Like, let me show you my scar. Right, exactly. But then Albus kind of takes the place of Harry, does a little switcheroo. I like that scene. But anyway, um, yes, the songs. What exactly is this song? Is this a song that someone has sung to you in the past? Were you just singing your dialogue, Scorpius? No judgment. I've done the same. It's something his mom sings to him. She says, the sweets are a way to make new friends. Or whatever it is. Sweets. They always make you, help you make friends. <laughs> it doesn't rhyme. It doesn't have a clear understood rhythm. Just well, he so- didn't finish singing it, so we'll never know. It's so cute. Yeah, and now I'm too. There is absolutely no way in hell Jenny Weasley is banning sweets in the house. What the fuck? Oh, I'm. That's like much later. I feel like for me, that's when like Harry's like we're off sugar. No, 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 no. Jenny, uh, Albus says that my mom doesn't let me have sweets. Oh yeah, yeah. What Uh, is that? I don't know. I mean, maybe like, yes, you don't give your kids like sweets. Fine. None? Ginny Weasley? I, the line later when Harry says it bothers me more. Both of them bother me. I think it's so dumb. Like the, like the archetype of Ginny Weasley being the type of mom that kids want to like go to their friend's house and then like gorge themselves on junk food because they have like all organic all vegetables at their house is just like not Jenny Weasley as a mom yeah. like if you're gonna work in archetypes don't do that to my girl Jenny like that is not her well they don't like give Jenny like a character really yeah that's gonna bother me for the rest of the play and I'm sorry but I'm gonna be pissed off about it forever so <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I was just like to Rose, like, just not like, be cool, man. And is this Ron's influence? Or like, are you just an asshole? Like, I just think I mean, possibly if we want to look at this without it being bad writing, like, it could be just like Ron spoiling her, you know, and just talking to her all about how like, you're the best and you're going to be the best because like you're a Weasley Granger and look how amazing you are and 
because like your just like your mom like right and then you've got good quitted jeans like she's always been talked up everyone says she's always been perfect so she's never really wanted for anything slash um slash she's never been like told that her behavior is unacceptable because she's always been encouraged for being the best at the things that she's doing yeah and Hermione is not there to give her like compassion because they're implying that Hermione is like never home so like I can see a little bit how Rose got this way I just do not like her and not like I don't like her writing was like I I honestly yeah just like as a person she's a bad person Also, like, we made this point, like, in the original series, like, these kids aren't socialized before they go to Hogwarts. Like, their only friends are their cousins. Like, (laughs) I mean, maybe this group is a little bit more, but not really. Like, you don't really, like, interact with people that you're not going to get along with until you get to Hogwarts. Yeah. I kind of think Hermione would have sent her kids to muggle school, but I don't know, like, how that would really work. But I don't know. I feel like she values education. Like, her kids would know things. And as someone who, like, did go to school before Hogwarts, I feel like she would value that. But I think they would know things, but I don't think they'd be socialized. Because I don't think they'd be, like, hanging out with them. I don't think they would go to a muggle school. I think that would be too hard to explain to kids. Yeah. I mean, I don't, Yeah. Yeah, because they know. I was gonna say, well, Harry did it, and Muggles do it all the time. Yeah, like Muggleborns do it all the time. You know, but they're not told like they have to keep this secret. Yeah, they are not told they have to keep it a secret. Yeah, and they're like not very social, probably because they know they're different. Like, yeah. Um. Um. This whole. (laughs) I'm yes. Scorpius thinking that guys well so what Alex is talking about is this rumor that has gone around the entire wizarding world that there is a secret time turner and that Astoria who is the sickly one has gone back in time because she and Draco couldn't have a kid on their own and got impregnated by Lord Voldemort and that is how we have Scorpius and that is a rumor that apparently everyone just believes. I don't understand why if this was the route we were going to take why Scorpius looks so much like Draco. Well, I think that's the point. He's like, it's obviously not true. Like, I look just like my dad. I know, but for me, as the, like, consumer of the media, I'm like, well, it's obviously not true. He's a literal carbon copy of Mini Draco. I don't understand the, the, the reasoning here. Everyone loves someone to hate. And I guess the whole wizarding world is like, we'll hate Draco Malfoy's son, I guess. Well, just the Malfoys, yeah. Yeah, but... Ugh, messy. It's messy. And I, then, I feel like it's also because there's not anyone else to hate that's just, like, living their life in regular wizarding society. Like, yeah. And probably most wizards' eyes, they're like, why does he get to just be, like, Draco, be Mm -hmm. here with the rest of us when we know who he is and who his family is? 
No, I think it makes sense that Scorpius gets bullied. Like I, and that the Malfoy family is hated. All of that makes a lot of sense. But this rumors, you don't need rumor. You can just hate him for his family. Yeah, his past. You could fully just hate him because his dad was a Death Eater. His dad was literally a Death Eater. Tried to kill Dumbledore. (laughs) Right. Like you could be like, oh, Scorpius is just like his dad because he looks just like his dad. Yeah. Yeah. And I get like they were trying to make like a shroud of mystery around who the cursed child is, but like you can be a cursed child and not be Voldemort's child. Like he is cursed because of who his dad is. And so is Albus. Like that's the whole fucking point. We get it. Yeah. 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 It's this rumor business is dumb, 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 dumb. I was like, I guess they really wanted to plant this whole time turner business, but like we can do a better checkoff here. I think it makes even less sense that it's a real rumor because it's based in the truth of things that are actually happening because then it feels like it was either it would have had to be planted by someone. And I can't remember if this is a case, if this is the case, it would have had to be planted by someone who like wanted to by like Delphi Diggory or someone, you know? Yeah. But even like Delphi is not like a child of like a time Turner incident. Right. But I'm saying like, she wants to use the time Turner, like all of these different real life things that are happening in the play, like the fact that there is an actual secret time turner, the fact that there is a secret Voldemort descendant, like they're not connected. And then this rumor connects them apropos of nothing. So it makes it even more unbelievable as a rumor that is happening in the wizarding world. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I get why, like, they would want it to, because then, like, when there is a time turner, it makes life worse for the Malfoys, because they're like, see, there is a time turner, so you guys did do this thing. Right. Yeah, I I can see why they would want to do that, but I'm saying it's it's just, it's contrived. (laughs) Like, yeah. Oh, this whole play is so fucking contrived. There, I said this, like, weeks ago when we were just, complaining about Cursed Child before even read it like this the there are no stakes in this play because everything is self-contained with these fucking time turners well actually that's not true there are stakes because their whole Hogwarts childhood is horrible and it's like sad like there's a part coming up where I'm like I don't like this play because it's sad like it's sad what they do to these kids and I don't like it yeah, it's depressing. It is, it is depressing. When we, it, like when we read our all is well at the end of the last book, I wanted things to be fucking well. Like they can have conflict, but like they don't have to have a sad existence, which is They what don't have they to have. be like not loved by their parents anyway. <clears throat> oh, who, this is where I was like, I don't want to give him a compliment for writing Albus because- I'm like, whoever's writing this dialogue does not have a voice of an 11-year-old for any of these characters, like Scorpius, Rose, Albus. Like, this is not an 11-year-old speaking, and, like, I just don't buy it. Right. But I do love this part when Albus is like, no, I think I'll stay here because it's so much like the scene with um so basically just it, let me read we'll do a better job of refreshing what yeah we're we got editorial harness 
aren't as uh, familiar with Cursed Child as they are the original books. But so it's, they're in the scene and Rose is like, I'm gonna leave. You coming, Albus? And Albus is like, no, I think I'm fine. And she's like, I'm not gonna wait for you. And Albus is like, I know, I'm gonna stay with Scorpius. And it's- Draco Malfoy. <laughs> and it's a complete turn on its head of Harry, like defending Ron, sticking up for Ron and like dissing Draco, which I love. And I think it's great because it's Albus doing it for Draco's son. I think it's it's really good. I really like it. And and for all of the fan service that it is, I think it's fan service done right. It's like a nod to the original books, but it moves the plot forward. Yeah. It creates conflict between him and Rose. It instantly bonds Scorpius and Albus. Like it just, it works in a lot of different spheres. So I don't understand why someone who could do this can't, do the rest (laughs) no I think I think you're right and I was gonna say a similar note that that really works well and I think it goes to your point that like Rose is like the Slytherin in this story and they're like Harry and Ron like they don't yes sorry because I'm just repeating what you said earlier anyway like she's Malfoy she's She's Draco she's the Draco of this play like she's not the main bad but she is the secondary childhood villain she's in Hogwarts the villain yes in the school like Draco is yeah Yes. Sorry, I know I don't have crazy eyes, but it's just because I don't understand how this character isn't in Slytherin. Like, I get it. They wanted Albus to be special, but then write Rose different because you just didn't write her correctly. Yeah. Because she could even be the Draco Malfoy, but be a bully, but speak like a Gryffindor. Because that would have also been really interesting. Like James Sr., yeah. Yeah, so but like, that's not how she's yeah. written. Right, I know, I agree with you. Um, I also like this, this is a line that I like too, kind of like in the same scene is him being like, I'm not gonna go by Al, I wanna be called Albus. I thought that mm-hmm. was like a really good way of creating tension with the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I was like, it's such a good HP moment, like the whole thing before, but you already covered that. Even though I love the nickname Al, like, I think that's a really good choice that they had him. Because we know already that Harry calls him Al from, like, the epilogue. Yeah. I like the Al thing. I think it's really cute. And then I think it makes sense for this moody teenager to be like, I don't want anyone to call me Al anymore. I'm like, my feel. I'm surprised he's not like, I'm going to go by my middle name. <laughs> you imagine? And he was like, I'm separate. I mean, everyone had that phase where they wanted to go by their middle name. Call me, if he had that phase, that would have been so funny. I would have probably loved it. It honestly <laughs> would make sense that he'd want to distance himself from like Albus fucking Dumbledore. Like, yeah. Especially oh. since he gets sorted into Slytherin to be like, well, I'm going to be, you can call me Severus now, like Sev. Yeah, Sevy Poo. I also, um, enjoy that I feel like Albus is instantly crushing we haven't gotten there yet with Scorpius but I just feel like him being like oh yeah like I'm not here for you I'm here for the sweets like all of that's very cute 
um this very sweet moment yeah um yeah I like their their friendship dialogue is written very cute I um and then uh, um we get into like scene four which is where I was like I like that this is a fast paced play like this is where we start getting a lot of like the heavy yeah with the scene changes like they're going through their first year of Hogwarts in like a scene oh yeah <laughs> that I doesn't love that doesn't like bother it. me that the time jumps and stuff like that don't, don't bother me I just think if you're gonna have a scene it should like move things forward which I think this little bit is doing so it that doesn't bother me it's just other moments that I'm like okay it only bothers me because this isn't the play I wanted like I want to see them at Hogwarts I and we don't get them really just being at Hogwarts and I get that makes sense too like we're writing our own play like it would be just the same thing if it was just in Hogwarts the whole time but I like want to see him at school and we don't really get to see that yeah and I get like it's a play you can't have like a billion extras with students like there are limitations but it also doesn't distance itself like I feel like the only reason to do that would be to distance yourself from the original novel and want to do something different but they literally use a time turner to go back to the original novel so they're not trying to distance themselves no they are so lazy they can't think of any new plots right so I don't know um how do you feel about thank Dumbledore I guess he's like the new Merlin. Yeah. I'm neutral on it, if I'm being honest. Same. I just wanted to like talk about it. it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It popped out to me as like, this is forced, but I don't like actually actively dislike it. Right. I I have mixed feelings on it too. Mostly because it just, it's so fan fiction. So like on the one hand, I'm like, okay. But on the other hand, I'm like, "Mm." But like no one, I feel like people don't do that in real life. Like no one's saying thank Gandhi, you know? Yeah. I mean, but they have like, they put Merlin's name into stuff. And but so Merlin is like their god though. So that makes sense. Like Merlin is like a But like a, think about Dumbledore, like who he was to the wizarding world was like a huge figure and we're like 20 years from his death at this point so like there's been a little bit of distance all is, all I'm saying is I'm not like oh Martin Luther King you know what I'm saying like it just well again we're in the muggle world like we don't put yeah. anyone's name into it besides God that's what I mean like I feel like there's a small precedent of them putting a famous wizard's name into like phrases yes yeah I mean you're right you're right you're right I just I I feel like (laughs) I was like I mean I do say heavens to Betsy and I don't even know who Betsy is but I'm speaking to her (laughs) (laughs) yeah like I said probably (laughs) oh Madam Hooch god bless um um, what is a... Wait, you skipped the sorting? I did, because I didn't have any problems with it. I don't have a problem, but my new canon 
is that because I like him feel I feel very mixed on like how they decide to do the story whether like I get like plot wise why they did it the way they did it but in terms of like actual characters I feel very mixed on it and what I think wait what do you mean like how they sort everyone oh yeah I disagree with that completely but I I skipped those notes right now because we had already talked about yeah but during this read-through my fun headcanon is that um Albus chose Slytherin to be with Scorpius like instead of Harry being like not Slytherin not Slytherin Mm -hmm. he's saying please Slytherin please Slytherin for like multiple reasons but like he's like the biggest like fuck you kid that we know and so I feel like part of him is like I just met this friend he's now in Slytherin I want to be with him and I want to say fuck you to my dad so like please Slytherin please Slytherin and that's why the hat hesitates because he's like it says there's a a stage note saying um he puts his hat on Albus's head and this time he seems to take longer almost as if he too is confused like confused on why he's saying Slytherin when he's like not a Slytherin yeah which I'm not here to debate whether Albus really is a Slytherin or not like I'm just gonna accept it but um, yeah I think that that may be my new fun canon is that he no that is a cute head canon um I shall accept it I mean, he does make a lot of trouble for himself. <laughs> that is the truth. But I feel like teens are always making those kind of impulsive decisions. So I buy it. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for like what I actually think his house is during this read through. Me too. I'm I'm going to be on the lookout for him and Albus because I kept going back and forth. And Scorpius. Scorpius. Because I kept going back and forth about what I actually thought they were. I mean... I think Scorpius has a lot of Ravenclaw in him. Yeah, I'm pretty confident he's not a Slytherin, but I'm willing to like look for evidence for for all, like to support the yeah. book and to not. Like, yeah. What is a sink sinkers? I don't need any shinkers, shrinkers. Sneakers. <laughs> what is she saying? Are you talking about hooch? Yeah. She first I thought she said shrinkers, and then I was like, that is really um phallic and was a bad choice. But then I saw that it was not that. Have no time for shirkers, like shirking shirkers. your responsibility. Yeah, but they're like just learning how to they're saying up. Oh. Like, they're not really shirking any responsibility. Like, I think, like, being timid is what she means. Oh, okay. Like, okay. shirking away from... I, I don't know. I'm just context clues, I guess. I don't know. I'm not... I have not used it in that. <laughs> uh, my next note says, fuck off, Polly Chapman. <laughs> Who the fuck is Polly Chapman? <laughs> I have a note it's a later. muggle name. Chapman? No. <laughs> well, no. I have a note later that says, um, why do I feel like Polly's maiden name, or Polly's mom's maiden name is Parkinson? <laughs> Maybe. The Slytherin Squib. 
I kind of ignored all of the lines from those characters. <laughs> Carl Jenkins. These are horrible names. <laughs> like these are bankers in America. Like they're non-magi or whatever they're called in America. They're not even fucking British. Chapman <laughs> oh. okay. is like the most American muggle name I could think of. Like if maybe you ask she, me to say a last name. Maybe her dad is American. Whatever. Deep sigh. Deep sigh. I hope that <laughs> the mic picked that one up. <laughs> I I don't know why I'm putting energy into this. Like it does not matter. I can I hold it. on to that anger for something else. I love it. Um, this is where I'm agreeing with you that this thing with Albus not wanting to have the attention and being sad about like being Harry and son and the pressure of all of that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think that pressure, um, uh, it, it reminds me a lot of our favorite film, um, Sky High, um, <laughs> But um, but I think that makes a lot of sense. And I also think it's Harry would understand it. Like Harry didn't want to be famous or have that attention when it was him. So I feel like he would have a lot of sympathy for Albus. Well, I think he I think we see Harry having sympathy for what Albus is going through. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we know he says something that we completely disagree with, but I think. Harry sees what's happening. He just doesn't know how to connect to Albus on it. Right, which I agree with, honestly, that whole scene. I think it's yeah. really well written until Harry says that. Yeah. Like, I I, I, I can see Harry struggling with this. Yeah. And I can see he's trying. Um, um, and this is, like, another maybe support of my new fan theory that, like, Albus chose to be in Slytherin because I think he likes challenging his dad to be like yeah you don't like me because I'm in Slytherin like he's he wants it as a pawn to test his dad with and be able to say you would like me if I was in this other house like do you know what I mean like yeah he's he wants a fight with his dad and so like it's just such a quick turnaround from him being like the sweet kid at King's Cross being like concerned about being sorted into Slytherin. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand that that makes sense for a lot for who Albus is. It's just so fast from him being like, well, what if dad, like, I love you, dad. Like, but that's epilogue, um, Albus. Like, I don't feel like we see that sweet Albus, even in this, like, not that we don't see. Well, he's not that he's mean. asks about them writing and stuff like that. Yeah. But I see what you're saying. I mean, a lot of that scene is colored by the way it's performed and like read in the epilogue. So yeah, like epilogue um, version, I don't think he'd be in Slytherin. In play version, fine, he's in Slytherin. And I think he's a totally different person altogether. <laughs> yes. And I do think you're right. Like, I think he is always looking for a way to combat his dad. And I think part of that's the reason if we're looking at it this way, that he did stand up for Scorpius. 
like in, in a like non-altruistic way I don't want to yeah. put in their relationship but also like what's gonna make piss my dad off the most having uh Draco Malfoy's son as my best friend I actually don't think that that felt very genuine and like at first he didn't even know who he was like yes I mean I just mean that he does throw it around yeah, he definitely throws it around, but I don't think at any point he yeah. chose to be friends with him in a malicious way. Yes, I don't want to believe that. Um, Harry does let it sit there, though, that Albus says, like, Harry Potter and his disappointing son, Harry Potter and his Slytherin son, and, like, Harry doesn't, like, directly respond to that. I know! I'm like, What? Harry also I feel like there should be a no teasing policy about him being in Slytherin in the Potter house like James gets off way too easy he feels way too comfortable in saying stuff like that and I just like what is like if anything if Harry's not saying something Ginny Weasley is kicking those kids ass into shape like she is not having that bullshit I don't understand um also like this is a part where I feel like we should be in a new scene, but we aren't. Like, kind of going against my defense earlier where they were just flying and now they're starting another year at Hogwarts all in the same scene. Right. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, that's just like a side note, but um, why, I, I don't understand why they're having these conversations as he's getting onto the platform. I have that note too. I was like, fine. (laughs) No, 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 no. Because there's a way to do that in like creating tension. So we start out with the, with the intensity of the scene that we've been having this conversation all summer break. So then the fight on King's Cross blows up more because it is just like the height. Yeah. the pen, like the, yes, the pinnacle, the top, the point of it, but whatever. They, I, the idea that Harry and Albus are waiting until the end of months of summer holidays to have these chats is unrealistic and ridiculous to me, yeah. but fine. Also, breathe, Alex, breathe, Alex, breathe. Harry is not like mean-spirited, and he doesn't really like hating people. Right. Like, he doesn't really have like that bandwidth. <laughs> he just doesn't care to do it. So I think he's way over this Draco thing. Like it's like he named his kid Severus. Like this is that is how forgiving this boy is. Like he doesn't care that Malfoy is, especially after Draco, like whatever, didn't name him. And especially after his mom, like helped him defeat Voldemort. Like Harry's over that. He's been over that. So Harry doesn't give a shit that Harry's friend, that his son is friends with Scorpius. Like yeah. when when Albus says, I know you don't agree or you don't like it. I'm like, what Harry, what are, what are we doing here? But see, I, when I read it this time, I'm thinking of how I was as a teenager, which is unfortunate to think back on. Um, and I would have said something like that to my parents because that's like how I would have perceived it, like whether they were showing that anyway. And like, but yeah, wouldn't have necessarily been like, that's not true. This is why they're like 
there she goes again, like just assuming things like my parents let me go on my like, I'm a victim of this, this and this, and this is why and they would just kind of let me do that in some yes. in some regard. Yes, it's just more one, I know what happens later in the book. So this, so in the play, so he does have beef about Scorpius being his friend. Like we know that to be a fact from later in the play. So this like first instance of him being like, well, I love you no matter what, is also very triggering because it's very like queer parent doesn't support or a parent doesn't support queer child language. So when he's like, I know you don't like approve of Scorpius being my friend and Harry's like, well, I just want you to be happy. Like, that's all I want. It's like a bad response to that. That's avoiding the root of the issue. And I believe Albus is right that Harry- You're not denying it. Yeah. Yeah, you're not denying it. And I just don't think, and to end out my argument for this, I just don't think Harry feels that way about Scorpius or would ever. He shouldn't, like, yeah, because Harry is, like, cool with Draco. Like, they're, even in this, like, they're fine. They have conversations, like, in, like, they're not enemies, whatever, anymore, because if they were, Draco Malfoy would never feel comfortable being like, I need a favor from you. Right. Like they are like, I'm not saying they're buddies or friends or even acquaintances, but they are certainly civil. (laughs) I also do like, I think that Harry, book Harry, would be shocked that his friend is friends with Draco's son. Like, I think that there, he would feel a certain type of way about it when he first found out. But, like, I also feel like they're the type of family that would be, like, why don't you have your friend over over the summer? Like, I with Ron, like, or you go over, like, they would. Exactly. Yeah, I fully believe that Harry, Harry and Jenny, like, invited Scorpius over for dinner over the summer holidays. Or should have, like in an alternate reality where they are behaving like they would have behaved as a family. Agreed. What were you about to say? Uh, that, oh, just, just this Draco Harry situation. So uh, the interaction doesn't really bother me. It's fine. I just like hate or Harry. Like, I hate that he's giving, like, these ministry responses. It makes him feel way too much like the ministry when we read the books. And it's not necessarily a, um, uh, what do you call it? Writing. Yeah, it's not like a writing note or even something that's, like, uh, I feel, like, necessarily bad. I just hate to see it. (laughs) I mean, I, I mean, I obviously do too, but I do feel like, I mean, we feel very strongly that like he wouldn't be in this role. And I feel like super strongly that like he wouldn't be behaving in the laws if he did work at the ministry. Yes. So that's what I hate about it is that I just, even and if he was involved in laws, I feel like he's breaking them every day. Right. So like the real order of events of how this went down is that Harry and Jenny, Harry snooted about maybe Scorpius being Albus's best friend for maybe like two days when he got the letter from Albus. And then he had all of the term 
to stew about it and Jenny fixed it up, whatever, if he did even need to stew about it. They invite uh, Scorpius over. Scorpius comes over so often that summer. Obviously Scorpius, Scorpius is a delight, they love him. Then Draco asks Harry about this at the train and Harry does some sassy response and then helps Draco because Harry just likes helping people. Right. Like he doesn't give them like ministry responses and he would have already fallen in love with Scorpius. So obviously he's going to help this kid out. Like yeah. there's Harry no cares way. about the underdog. Like, like there's absolutely no way Harry's like giving a standardized ministry response when a child is like being hurt. <laughs> and maybe he would be like, he wouldn't necessarily be like, I'm going to make a statement. Like that's also not, yeah. Harry, but he would be like, I'm going to look into this. Right. Like, I'm going to try and help him. Like, our history aside, like, I think you have a really good son. So I'm going to help you. Like, they don't have to be BFFs. Right. (laughs) But, like, I care about my son, and your son is my son's best friend, and I have grown to care about your son. Like, right. I, like, we're not. Like, again, Harry would do something. Harry saved Draco's and Cra- and Goyle's life and over and them. over again. Right, exactly. I just, I think this Harry, this play really misses that Harry's best feature is his heart. This boy loves without trying. Yeah. He just wants to help. I'm back in Hogwarts too. And my note says, go die, Polly. Because I did read all of these side characters um I this is my this is one of the part where I'm like this play just makes me sad because of Albus is such an angry child yeah like um like when he's just like I don't care that she's my cousin like I'm not gonna clap for her for getting like quidditch or whatever Scorpius like she's your cousin why are you acting like this why are you being such a weirdo? Um, I'm on the train with Scorpius again after Scorpius's mom has died. Yeah, that's rough. That is a rough, very sad scene. But I just have to draw our attention to my just come to the services and be my good friend. What does that mean? What is the what human speaks like that and I say the only way that this line reads like a human being not a weird robot from a different planet spoke it is if he didn't mean to say good there and then corrected himself like and that's only my shipper brain reading it like that and it's not even written in a way that would do that because there would be all sorts of like hyphens and then like parentheses eureka Scorpius had like a gay panic and then said good friend instead in parentheses friend you could have just said and be my friend I don't know why he had to say and be my good friend it's so weird like that's not just me right that's a weird thing to say super weird (laughs) super weird I feel like they're like 
It reminds me of Sev and Lily being like, uh, you're still my friend. And he's like, best friend. Like, But it's yeah, not but even that. That makes more sense than like, and be my good friend. Like, what, what, what else would he be? You guys have been best friends for like two years at this point. And be my good friend. What? Okay. If I got that line to read it like a, a normal human being in a play, I would be like, human beings don't speak like this. Like, I would give it a tiny, like, maybe it's a Britishism, but I've never, like, I don't think it's friend. Said. It sounds a little bit better British, but. Yeah, but only if it's the first time they've ever talked. Like, I need <laughs> yeah. a good friend. Like, they've been best friends for two years. It's such a confusing, weird thing to say. Just say friend. Just say friend. Another writing note. We gotten a couple Sorting Hat songs. Oh, my God. Yes. They're not top-notch. What is with the emo Sorting Hat of this version? What is that? Let me see if I open right to it. Oh no, I, I opened to the first one. Oh, oh my God. But that, this one is- Don't worry, so- I can read it. I have it right here for you, Alex. Oh, please, please, please read it for me. Are you afraid of what you'll hear? Afraid I'll speak the name you fear? Not Slytherin, not Gryffindor, not Hufflepuff, not Ravenclaw. Don't worry, child, I know my job. You'll learn to laugh if first you sob. What? I think- this only makes sense if like Harry's kids have been going around like telling everybody that you just get to pick the sorting hat. <laughs> you just get to like pick it and the sorting hat does will take your house into account. And so now the sorting hat's like, I don't need anybody telling me not this, not that. I know how to do my job. You guys just sit there and keep your minds quiet and let me choose your house. Also, it's like promoting the fact that you should be scared to be in a house. Yeah. Like, Sorting Hat, you of all people should be neutral on this. He said, you'll sob about it, and then you'll be fine. I stand by what I sang last year. (laughs) That was really good, Polly. All right. Season five. Scene five. We're at the Ministry of Magic, Harry's office. I have but one note. This scene seems realistic for Harry and Hermione if Harry were in this job. (laughs) That's all I said. I didn't necessarily say I liked it. I just said, yes, Harry's not doing his paperwork. Hermione is trying to get him to do paperwork. Seems legit. Um, This is where I was like, a lot of whys. Why is he in this role? Like... Why is the minister, like, doing paperwork? Like, why? Why isn't he just an auror doing auror things? And I hate saying the word auror. (laughs) (laughs) Horror. And most importantly, this scene is way too long. 
Oh my God. Yes. It's boring. It breaks the growing tension or like the speed that we were liking. Like it's way too long and weird. And this play is not about the adult. So what we need to get from this scene is, oh, you caught not, not with the, with the things, with things. So here's what, how this scene really should go down. I've just decided that with things that can't be script fixed, I've decided to script it. Here's what should happen. If, and this is if we're going with the fact that Harry wants to do nothing to help Malfoy. Harry goes to Hermione's office and says, hey, um, here's uh, the time turner I found. Yeah, Draco talked to me about this rumor and I, I covered, but like people know that there's a time turner. This is it. We caught not with it. What do you want to do, minister? And then Hermione and him have a conversation about that because it's the only important thing that happens of information that we get in this scene and they talk about it for 0.1 seconds and then the rest of it is nothing. So... <laughs> Yeah, but I actually think that he didn't think there was a time turner until Draco said that and then went after not. Because Harry says, I don't need to read it. I'm out here hearing about it. Theodore not. it was me who heard the rumors about the time turner and me who acted upon it. Oh, I guess I wasn't taking into account the the time between when he talked well how long has it been since he talked to Draco and then is talking to Hermione time doesn't exist but I just mean like I think that he he's considering what Draco is saying part of like the rumors that there is really a time turner right right but he would I feel like he's already been searching for it before the conversation with Draco I don't know so I think he is covering in the conversation with Draco yeah, I mean, I think he thinks that there is a rumor about it, but, like, I don't think he knows, like, that there definitely is one. Like, this feels like brand new information about this being a different type of time turner and all that stuff. Oh, well, yeah, I don't think he knows a lot about it. I just don't think he was, you know, giving the full or even partial story. It all depends on how much time has passed, which we don't really know. Um, And then we get this, like can't we're off sugar at the moment and also like Hermione is like popping toffees as like a coping mechanism never been a thing this is stupid why do we even need to have this plot line and this is another muggle bullshit of being on a diet wizards don't have toxic diet culture they have magic Did Molly Weasley ever say she was trying to slim down? No. They can fix their blood pressure with magic. Yeah, it all does seem very muggle. All this no sugar, no. Like, what is... Yeah, I don't... They give you chocolate as medicine for Dementors. Like, I don't want to hear it. Go off, Molly. Go off. We're off sugar at the moment. Also, I don't remember, but like, does this come back as a plot line at any point in the rest of the book? Like, is this somehow important that somebody's not eating sugar? I don't think so. 
but don't re but remember we get all of these kind of fun nuggets about our favorite characters like how Harry's afraid of pigeons can't wait for that forgot about that also I think it's really dark that Hermione's like I guess I can't be minister and be a good mom also I see my secretary more than my husband yeah they just like threw that in there what the hell guys all was well But that's what really bothers me is that why couldn't this just be about the kids? Because the adult thoughts, like the adults don't need that conflict. Like let the, if you want it to be about the cursed children, let it be about the cursed children. Leave our favorite characters alone. Like I, like, yes, have them in there, but they should yeah. be moving the children's plot along and not having their own problems. Right. All right. Like, I don't want to hear about Ron and Hermione's marital problems. Absolutely not. That is not what I signed up for. Never. No. Thank you. Like, I think it's fine later on when they change, like, history and then, like, they're not together and how sad they are. Yeah. Like, yes, great. But, like, don't make them sad in their real timeline. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Okay. Now we're kind of going long, but, like, we have to talk about Amos. Yes. Look, I, like... <laughs> Look, I have so many notes. I We might have to split this up even further. I don't think the rest of the play will be like this because we're like setting up a lot in these first couple scenes. Like we had yeah. to get a lot out. That's, that's true. Um, yeah. So this next scene is at Harry and Jenny's house, which apparently they can do scenes at the house. Right. But, um, like, wouldn't it have been interesting if this scene happened and then it sparks um, Albus to um, confront Harry and then Harry and Albus get into it and then it brings up a fight they've been having all summer and then it's not a side note when we bring it up? Well, I think they are about to do that. Oh, right. I do do that. <laughs> Okay, but I'm saying whatever. That they could have done it before. They didn't have to have them like shoehorned at the beginning of um so and it doesn't do that. It's like a separate scene, the whole blanket scene. I know, it's, but it's like at their house. It's like I yeah, but like I'm saying described. I'm just talking about it doesn't matter uh, the way you write a play and how one decision leads to another decision leads to another decision. Like this scene, I will say with Amos, as weirdly written as it is and contrived as it is that Amos Diggory is coming to Harry in this way, is well written because it is like two people having a fight about something that's very compelling and they can't really do anything about it. Like Harry, no, even like Can and Harry can't like feasibly give this man a time turner to go back in time to save Cedric but whatever but then they let the tension die but like if Albus had come in and confronted his dad when Harry was already stressed about this I just oh, that's what makes the fire happen and then you release all the tension and then you start from the beginning with the blanket and then it's a different fight is all I'm saying 
But anyway. So you kind of did in your rant explain where we are with Amos coming to Harry for this favor that Harry obviously can't provide. Right. So what are your thoughts? Like, why, again, is this just like the most contrived plot we came up with? Like, I don't understand why Cedric had to be the entry point into doing the time turner business. I don't know why we brought Amos Diggory back as a character. Like, the only thing I will say, consistency-wise, in terms of the books, Amos is a dick, and that is consistent here in the play. I have that note, too. Um, I also just help, 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 help. I just remembered what happens later with Cedric and my, I like it like a fever dream right now it came back to me oh he causes like the darkest timeline yeah like he becomes like a death eater I like I had completely blocked that out of my memory because I got so mad about it and I just re-remembered like I I just like this whole Delphi thing like I I can't say right now like what I would have done differently, but it certainly wouldn't have been this and using the Diggory family who we know nothing about. It just, there were a hundred other ways to get Delphi to them, you know? Yeah. Like a hundred, over a hundred, a million different ways to do this without it being so contrived. Like it's written like there was no other option. Right, and that she has, like, planted herself in the diggeries for, like, presumably a while. Before. Like, her whole, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we do get more on that later, so we'll get some of that answered, but, oh, boy. And then my, and then she does this, like, weird flirting, like, oh, you can understand me thing with Albus, which kind of makes sense, and we were saying when we watched the play that she reminds us a lot of Tonks at this point. yeah. And she does, like, she's, like, cool cousin vibe. But Albus, Albus, he's 13. Albus, you don't think it's weird that this grown-ass 20-something adult just asked you to come hang out? Like, you don't, you don't know her. Alex, like, a 13-year-old who they're portraying as heterosexual in this has like an older woman that is taking an interest in him. Like he is definitely going to be like, this is awesome. Oh, oh, statutory. I'm just saying like that part is not a flaw to me that he thinks, or not even in a sexual way, but that he is looking up to this person that's like cool. Like he sees as like cool, like badass. I mean, yeah. Let we not forget that Harry, Ron and Hermione were best friends with Hagrid. Yes, it's just a little different the way that she says it. Like, it's well, manipulating him. Right. It's just so, like, predatory, like, on purpose. Like, again, she is manipulating him. But she is Voldemort's child. Like, I feel like me at 13, my alarm bells would have been like, like, if it was a, a grown man, like a 20 something year old man talking to me at 13 and was like, hey, you should come by where I work 
and hang out after meeting me for like three minutes, I would be like, absolutely not. No way. This man is a predator. I was around a lot of older people when I was like 13 and I was like around like 20, 30 year old, like young men that were like cool and like took an interest in me. And I thought that was like fun and cool. Cause we like did theater mm-hmm. together. Okay. And so, like I would have totally been like one having a crush and then two, like wanting to like impress that person and like keep that conversation going. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Especially like if they were like being nice, like not, and these people were not being like weird. It wasn't like a predatory thing. Like they were really nice to me. And like, I liked that. And I liked that they were, they took me seriously, like as a 13 year old. Mm -hmm. And like, I think this is, he feels seen by her. Like I totally, I like, I, I actually have like no problems with this surprisingly. (laughs) No, it's okay. I get that. I think I might be looking at it from an adult perspective of just like, that's just like big red flags. (laughs) And I feel like he should like see that, but I guess, I mean, you're right. He's a 13 year old boy. And there's this like really cool woman who like understands all of his feelings talking to him, you know, heterosexual. I, do not feel he's being portrayed as I will give him bisexual at a minimum. <laughs> um, but even like not in a sexual way, I think he still thinks. No, yes. cool. I was, I was just teasing. Um, and okay. So I know I said like Avis is like a dick in the books, but like, I don't, I, I don't even believe that he would be like thinking of Harry like this. And being like, oh, you're not going to save, like, one person? Like, you just let everyone die? I'm like, Harry doesn't have that reputation, like, that he just lets people die. Like, Harry thinks of himself like that. But, like, no one else is saying that except for maybe, like, Voldemort, who's manipulating him. Right. Or, like, Draco, who wants to get the rise out of him. Delphi's, like, imperious St. Amos. I think he, I think she is. That makes more sense. I think she is. Like, I think we do get that information later. Okay. All right, fine. I'm going to cool it on Amos then. I think she is actually. Um, But, and I think he's a little bit senile. Like, I think. Yeah, I think so. uh, But, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, we don't need to talk about it more because I think that, that, that will be answered later. But I just think he would be, he's, I think Amos would have been over it by now. Not like over separate, I mean, uh, Cedric dying, but I think he would have like had to have by this point made his peace. Right. With he it, wouldn't be trying know? to bring him back. Right. Like that would be way too hard to open that up again at this point. Right. Just because there are rumors that there's a time turner, you know? Yeah. Like. And I don't think people think about time turners like that. Like, I don't know. Mm. Um, also, Hermione needs to get That's so true. Like, m- this time turner, whatever the rumors are, works way different than the old time turner. So this time turner, the old time turner wouldn't have even be- been able to go back and save Cedric. So, like, these are very specific rumors if the rumor is that it works completely differently than time turners are supposed to you know well yeah that's what I was about to say is like Hermione needs to get her ministry in check because she's got leaks people are leaking this information yeah 
All right. Scene seven. Um, one other real quick note on scene six. Delphi, when she's talking to Albus, like, I was just like, this is another point where, like, J.K. Rowling would have used, like, a magical allegory, but she just uses a muggle one. She's like, Delphi, Delphi Diggory, there isn't a hole she wouldn't dig herself into. Like, I put my foot in it. Those are muggle sayings. Yeah. Like, she would have come up with, like, a clever, magical, like, I put my wand in that pot, you know, like, whatever. Like, I don't know. I'm not clever. Yeah. Also, it's not a, it's not, like, a, it's, even for muggles, it's, like, a bad, like, it's not worth putting in there. It's, like, not good. Like, nobody is, like, ooh, a hole she couldn't dig herself that, like, that's not even clever for children. Like, that's not a bullying tactic that would stick. You know, you're 19. Like, who talks like that? (laughs) Like, you're not 50, a 50 year old woman. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Okay. Yeah. Now I'm at scene seven when they're in Albus's room. My first note is Ron's what, Harry? (laughs) Like, Harry would never speak about Ron or imply Ron was like mean or bad or not funny. So Ron's what Harry is my first note. Do you want to provide some context? Yes, I let me just find. Do you have it right there with you? I think so. He's like, I think it's well, first of all, Ron gives Albus a love potion as a right. gift. Oof. Ron um, almost died via love potion, so I have such doubt, Sister Jane. But go ahead. Oh, Dumbledore. Uh, <laughs> Harry says, I think it's a joke about I don't know what. Lily got farting gnomes. James got a comb that makes his hair turn a shade of pink. Ron, well, Ron's, you know, like, I think that's, like, goofy. Like, Ron's just, like, like, you know, Uncle Ron. Like, I think that, I, that's how I took it. Like, he's just being silly. I didn't like it. And <laughs> I, and I don't stand for the gifts. And I don't stand for Ron not being taken seriously by Harry. <laughs> I love that he gave Lily farting gnomes and James. Like, yeah, that makes sense. The love potion, stupid. Love potion make, doesn't make sense. The only reason I'll let it go is because wiz, wizard wheezes, whatever, has a love potion. Like, in canon. Yes, I know. I know in canon. But that was pre-Ron getting poisoned yeah. by it. <laughs> well, technically, he didn't get poisoned by the love potion. Yeah, wine or meat or whatever, but not good. Put him in a vulnerable position. Um, this is my thoughts on him for the first time ever bringing up the fact that there's a blanket from his babyhood. (laughs) And this is all I'm going to say on it. I still think... This is unrealistic and super shoehorned in, but it works. And so I'll allow it. 
I feel the same way asterisk. <laughs> I think it does work. If I were Harry, I might have saved that for Lily at 13. <laughs> Mostly because Albus is unpredictable and not ready. Like he's not, he's, he's not emotionally available for that kind of gift, especially when you gave James an invisibility cloak. Like I do get that he's like, well, cool. What can I do with this blanket, dad? Now me as a person with compassion and a heart, I would love the blanket. Would I ever be caught dead giving Albus that blanket at the age and the mood that he was in? Absolutely not. I do think that one's on Harry and he should have just dug in his trunk and given him the Marauder's Map and called it a day. <laughs> It's not a gift for a 14-year-old anybody. Like Yes, but I do think like me at 13, if I had like a dad who like went through like I loved getting like old mementos from like my family and stuff like that. But again, I was a person with like compassion and my teen rage wasn't like I feel like aimed at like I still had moments where I could accept and have like empathy. Albus is not at that stage right now. Also, like, he should have given James the Marauder's Map and Albus the Invisibility Cloak because, like, Albus would want to, like, hide, like, be invisible. (laughs) Yeah, well, maybe he shouldn't have given Albus the Invisibility Cloak. It might, like, Albus might have, like, come back and been like, oh, so you think you want to hide me? You think I should hide? Anyway. My, I just mostly for this scene, my notice to Harry about his uh, parenting, and it's just like, when kids slash teens get like this, you just have to say, I love you and walk away. Yeah. Like, Like, you can't meet this rage. You can't talk to him right now. And you just. Such a shit. Yeah. Like, you have to like, be like, all right, I love you when you actually want to talk about your issues, then you can come talk to me about it. And then they're going to scream at you again. And then you go and then you pour yourself a glass of wine and you and Ginny laugh about what a shit your son's being. Because you just can't, you just can't take a teenager seriously like that. Yeah. Um, for the listeners out there, some of Albus's choice phrases are the poor orphan who went on to save us all. So may I say on behalf of the wizarding kind, how grateful we are for your heroism. Should we bow now? Or would a curtsy do? Such a little shit. Um, calls the blanket moldy. Um, and then the final coffin nail is what did you think would happen? We'd hug. I tell you, I always loved you. What? What? And then that's when Harry says, oh no, he doesn't say that thing yet. Um, Harry says, you know what? I'm done with being made responsible for your unhappiness. That's not really what Albus said. At least you've got a dad because I didn't. Okay. <laughs> cool, Harry. Cool. <laughs> like, not the best, not the best way to combat it here, but I do think it's worth telling like because sometimes that does get through to teenagers like not when they're this riled up but like if you like hit them with a dose of like a reality check of like look 
I get that the world's against you and that you get to hate me right now and that's fine but I love you and I didn't have parents (laughs) so fuck you (laughs) yeah I think fuck you is a fine thing to say to your teenager I wish you weren't my son not um like when I say fine I mean acceptable like I think him saying I wish you weren't my son is the most unredeemable uh, like you never can grow from that no it's it's a horrifying thing and the thing about Harry like you could you could some would say like oh it was like out of temper but we know from Harry that he doesn't say things he doesn't mean when he's angry like in fact he says the thing that he most wants to say when he's angry in the few times that he like blows up in the books like which isn't that often like and he doesn't believe this like we know Harry (laughs) yeah like he's so he loves so strongly that and that's why this part like sticks with me as my worst the worst part of the whole book because there's not a, a a a ounce of me that believes that Harry would ever say something like this. This is the worst thing Harry, if it is true, has ever said in his life as far as we know. Like we've seen Harry say mean things to people who have riled him up way more than this. And he has never gotten close to saying anything as horrifying as what he says to his son. So it's just not true that he would say that. Yeah, like he treats Umbridge with more respect in the classroom than he does. Correct. Like I, I... also, like, I truly think that Harry wouldn't be riled up by any of the things that um, Albus is saying. Like, Harry only gets upset about, like, injustice. <laughs> then he was like, you really push my buttons. And I'm like, all right, well, um, did living for seven years with Draco not, like... Deadly. Or Dudley, well, yeah, Dudley, and then I'm, I was actually talking about, like, Draco was also always pushing his buttons or oh. whatever. But, like, like again... Being with, and I was like, oh. <laughs> well, I meant, like, it, okay, in the same yeah. castle as... But, I'm like, kidding. you, like, he's grown up being bullied and having stuff said to... So his, like, his bullshit, his uh, resilience to that is strong at this yeah. point. Personally. And he's a grown-ass man. Right. I don't know. I hate it. <laughs> well we'll end on um act one scene eight dream hut on the rock and it's basically the not accurate version of Hagrid coming to get Harry for the first time with just Voldemort saying Harry at the end the and most that's the scene unnecessary scene that has ever been in a Harry Potter this is not how Harry's dreams are. We know that we can trust Harry's dreams. Fine, you want to put that in? This is not one of the dreams he would be having. Also, it's not from, it's, it, they changed it. It's like, it, I, I don't know what to say other than it's so unnecessary. Why did I need to read a worst written, like, CVS brand like it is it's like the store brand version of the original scene why did anyone need to see that like write something original like are you incapable of that we are not asking much we are truly not asking a lot here I so that's that's where we're gonna end for this episode and uh 
we'll be starting back up with act one, scene nine. So now that you all know the plan, if you want to read along with us, it is highly encouraged. <laughs> Please read along with us. Go on this hate fest with us. And we, we want to hear the thoughts, y'all. We all really want to. Uh, we need it. Like, we can't sit in our own anger like this. I know. I need to just, like, do some yoga after this recording. I have like, to go to bed after this. <laughs> I really thought, like, when we were like, oh, we're going to read Cursed Child. I did not think that it was going to, like. I thought we were going to laugh at it. Yeah. We can't. <laughs> it's not fun bad. It's It's not fun bad. Yeah. Maybe anyway. one one day it will be, but it's still too too close. <laughs> too, too close. It's too close to the heart. Um, I I am glad we're doing it. Like I am having fun in my anger. Yes, same, 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 same. I feel like this is going to be really cathartic. At the I end. also feel like we have given each other permission to just be ruthless as we continue. Yeah, I mean, I'm I don't look for good things. Like, yeah. We found some good things. Yeah. We'll see. Um, more about There wasn't enough Scorpius. Once there's more Scorpius, I'll I'll have more to, more positive things to say. Yeah. So um I hope you keep listening along. Um, as Alex said at the top, please uh give us a review if you're new to the show for some reason. Uh, welcome. And uh, I guess stay magical. Charmed, I'm sure. <laughs> Mischief managed. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum. I feel like we should have new sign-offs or something. No, no, no. We're still in we're the book. Well, we're in muggle world of Harry Potter now.